Hey guys, it's a great day. Back with another great episode of the PFREI Podcast, a passion for real estate investments, where we talk with experts on their personal experience in the real estate business in order to provide the best investment strategies and techniques used by leading fund managers, financiers, SEC attorneys, house flippers, real estate accountants, and more. I'm your host, Bukwam Bilal, and I'm very excited for the next guest of the show. For this episode, I chat with Jim Ingersoll, the creator of the Real Estate Success Podcast, where he shares his passion for real estate investing and how it's changed the lives and trajectories of people in his life, building long-term multi-generational wealth, the importance of focus, and finding motivated sellers. Another great episode. I'm excited for you all to hear. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. All right, guys, we're back again with another great episode of PFREI, A Passion for Real Estate Investments. I'm your host, Rupan Bilal, and today I have with me Jim Ingersoll from Richmond, Virginia, real estate investor, real estate success podcast. Got a couple of things going on. We're going to dive into that today. But I actually had the opportunity to be interviewed by Jim on his podcast, Real Estate Success, so you guys should definitely check it out. A lot of uh, great speakers there, a wealth of information and knowledge. I had the opportunity to attend the uh, real estate boot camp. That was really, really fun and exciting. And I'll talk about the next one that's coming up that I'll be actually speaking at, which I'm really excited about. But let's jump into, let's jump into some of your background, Jim. I know you've been involved in real estate for quite some time. And we'll talk about, you know, you're getting your start. I heard you tell the story. Mm-hmm. your event and then we'll talk about some of the stuff you're doing now so let's jump right into it so first question i have for you is why are you passionate for real estate investing i'm passionate for real estate investing because i've seen it change the lives and the like the trajectory of a lot of people's lives so if you're if you've got the uh, the urge to stop trading your time for dollars and start to build your net worth and you have that entrepreneurial itch I really don't think there's anything better than, than going in and being a real estate entrepreneur. So I'm passionate because I've seen it change lives. Awesome. Now, I actually learned something from you. It's a term that I, I now use, and that was multi-generational cash flow. And that was the term that you used at your mm-hmm. event. And I was like, wow, I got to write that down. That's you know pretty cool. And it kind of helped me really build the framework for my kids. And um, you know, I see that you have your daughters involved in real estate too. One of them said, "Not choice." <laughs> Talk about that because that's the biggest that's the biggest challenge for me right now. Is getting my sixteen year old really to understand, um, you know, the importance of the, these assets. And I guess when they're younger, it's harder. But now I'm pretty sure she's grateful for you showing her. Um, you know how to invest and get these things going and build that nest egg. So let's talk about that. You know, your transition. From uh, I know you've been market cycle tested because you've been in there for for a while. Yeah. Through the term, so I, I have my scars that. to prove it. I can see the scars. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that's that's a lot. I mean, usually and pretty much everybody that I bring on the show, you know, have had uh, had gone through those through those tough times, and that we do that make you stronger. So getting back to my other question, mm-hmm. I was really pointing out the importance to your children that this is multi generational wealth. Um, you know, that cash flow from the rentals. Well, it is important. And so for me, we sort of started with our two kids when they were both pretty young. Um, Back when I started, they were in the middle of middle school, I guess. And so back then, 
the ver some of the very first rehabs we went, they were coming with us, helping us out, doing some yard work, whatever. And then, um, then they started helping me with direct mail. They, back in the old days, before the internet, direct mail was a real chore. So I would, I would print up at uh, Office Max, like postcards, it was four to a sheet, have them divided, but then I had to put the label on, I had to put stamp on, and it was a lot of work, man, back then. <clears throat> so they started doing that. They'd put the address label on, they'd put the stamp, we'd send out 500 cards a, at a time, and they, they did that while watching TV after school or on, on the weekends. And then as they got a little bit older, um, right before they both went to college, we worked with them to help them buy a rental property. So my youngest daughter, Carissa, did a joint venture with a guy who's a 737 pilot for Southwest. His name's Jeff. He's a good guy. And uh, they went ahead and bought a two-bedroom house, and they did a joint venture on that house. Obviously, she wasn't working. She had no income. No, she didn't have bad credit. She just didn't have any credit. She was, I think, 18, and they did that. So that was my daughter, Krista. And then they just, the way a joint venture works is you just divide up the cash flow, divide up the future equity. And she held on to that till after college and then sold it and used it, some of the money towards the down payment on the house she lives in today. Um, my other daughter, Melissa, I helped uh, my oldest daughter, Melissa, right before she went to college, also get a rental, and we did that subject to. So she bought a subject to deal. Again, with a subject to deal, you don't need any, any real cash, and you don't need any of your own credit because you're leveraging somebody else's mortgage. And she rented that for five or six years and sold it as well. So I guess going like way back, um, I tried to get them a little bit involved without beating them over the head. Uh, and my one daughter, Melissa, is a stay-at-home mom with my two grandkids, and her husband, Luke, is my realtor. And then my other daughter, Krista, is now a registered dietitian. She works full-time at the hospital, but she's got another. They both have other rentals and stuff going on now as well. So they've kind of got a taste for it, at least that way. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I, I like that concept of really planting the seed and showing them so they can still do whatever they want as long as they know that this is an asset class that they should be invested in that's going to build that multi-generational cash flow um, and it, essentially the most multi-generational wealth. So I, I know you used to do the bus tours. I know you did some wholesaling. I know you had your hands in a lot. What are you, what are you doing mostly today? Are you still doing rentals? We, before this session started, you were talking, winding down on flips and jumping into, um, you know, a, you got an 18 unit multifamily. So, you know, the peaks and valleys that you went through during the market, what do you see yourself moving to now? You have a lot of experience. You've been in for a long time. Should someone be flipping? Should someone be wholesaling? You know, which I think, you know, I think it sort of depends. Like, what do you need? Do you need income today? You're looking to leave your job. Are you, are you knocking on the door of retirement? Are you a millennial? Sort of like what, where are you at and what do you need? Because if you need income then you either have to become a realtor, which, which you could do, or you could be a wholesaler and earn assignment fees, or you could be a flipper. And then, you know, that's a like a four-month or five-month project typically, and then you get paid at the end. If you're able to build cash flow and your net worth, then you'll want to go into, I think, either notes or, or the traditional landlord model, or you might want to mix those four or five things up a little bit if you've got some deal flow and you can fill your funnel and keep things going, and you can do some of each. So you got some income coming in for today, 
and you're also working on building your, your long-term wealth. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, you have a lot of wholesalers who just stay focused on that and a lot of flippers who just stay focused on that. And it's, it's work, you know, when you're transactional, wait, you know, for the next check, you know, I, I, you know, my opinion on that is something I just trademark is diversified hybrid real estate investing. You really, once you understand the market and these different facets, you know, how you can you know produce income, you really have to play them all. You know, you have to build out that rental portfolio to keep that monthly cash flow coming in and you can do some wholesaling the flips to kind of get, you know, ahead to be able to buy more properties to keep building out that uh, ATM as, as they say. So, you know, I always tell people who's looking to get started, wholesaling is great because it requires a little bit of money and it gets you really in the game to understand the renovation process, to understand how to find deals, to know, to learn your marketplace, to deal with contractors, realtors, uh, but, you know, you, the long term, should, if you're younger, should be, you know, to build out that rental portfolio because we all want to make, you know, the money from the flips, but that's short term and it's a lot of work. So you know, that's what we usually, the information we give to people who reach us out, who reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook and say, I'm in college, I just want to get started, right. you know, something like that. But you, are you still doing the bus tours? I know you used to do the bus. No, no, I haven't done bus tours in years. <laughs> I used to do them for wholesaling. But when I left corporate America, that's what I did. I did a lot of wholesaling. We wholesaled 120 houses in one year. And during that time frame of my life, I was a young investor then too. And we'd load up 55 passenger bus. Sometimes we had two of them. And uh, we'd go from house to house on a Saturday and wholesale six or eight houses in one day. The yeah. way I did it was a little unique because I learned this uh, from Walter Wolford, by the way, way back then. But uh, anyways, part of it, what I would do is like a reverse auction. So everybody would get off the bus, we'd go through the house, pull up the neighborhood, all that stuff, and everyone's wondering what's going on. And then we get back on the bus, and as we're going to the next house to see it, I passed out a slip of paper on the bus, and I used the microphone on the bus, and I talked to everybody. I said, if you want to buy this house, here's the minimum bid, and, uh, and if you want to buy it, just give me your slip of paper. And then when we get to the next house, I announce who won the house. <laughs> and that's how you sold 120, huh? I sold a lot of houses on bus tours, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's cool. They had a chance to win. They knew yeah. the area. They did some due diligence and figured out, you know, what was what. So that, that I had a hard money lender there. I had a contractor there. They could ask questions, get the funding straight. Oh, and man, that was... wanted that house, and it was a really good deal. You're going you're gonna to bid up. And then think of it from my perspective as a wholesaler, creates scarcity. It puts me in, in from a positioning standpoint as like the expert in the area. It was all really good. It worked out really well, but it's all transactional for sure. Yeah, and it's a day that kind of morphed into the annual events that you do to kind of help new people and experienced people really uh, connect with your group and, and you know, go to the next level. So let's talk a little bit about that. I really enjoyed yeah. my, at the last event. I'm connected with a lot of great people. I connected with Mary Hart there and actually, yeah. you know, some time on her farm. So that was good. We really went through some estate planning stuff and, you know, she helped me out a great deal. So you, you really fill the room with valuable speakers that have, you know, value down the line. So let's talk about how, how did it morph into that? What is, that was my first event. Like, is, was that the fourth one you did or? How many no, it was like maybe the seventh. I mean, it's been seventh. a while. Okay. Um, there's been quite a few of them. And the very first one I did wasn't, wasn't very big. It was just on flipping houses, by the way. But then 
like the number two that I did was on private lending. It was called uh, uh, private money freedom or whatever it was. And then I did one on uh, ultimate freedom without banks. Did one called investors edge. So we've just been going next year is dealmaker 2020 is your work because you're speaking, which I'm super excited about. That's so this so sort of like has grown and I don't really know how it's grown so much so quick at this point. And uh, the one that we had this year was like mind blowing to me. I mean, I was inspired. I took away a lot from the speakers and just being in the room with people like yourself, the level of the attendees was really high at this last one. Yeah, it was really good. I've learned a lot, learned some short sell techniques from, I mean, some wholesale techniques from Max Maxwell. He was great. Some estate planning strategies from Mary. You know, it was a lot of great, Mr. Landlord was there. You know, I actually purchased his kit, came in the mail, and I was like, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years, but it's still always something I can learn. So I'm going through his, uh, his uh, menu now and trying to see what I can add in um, as far as letters and processes with the rental portfolio that I have. So, you know, you never stop learning. And I definitely appreciate you putting on such a great event and bringing, um, you know, the high-level speakers to the room to add value down the line. Now you have your podcast going also, Real Estate Success. You know, what's the whole goal with that? What's, what's the, well, know. I took a little break. I took six months off at one time so I could focus. Focus is important too. It's easy to go. I had another guy in another mastermind tell me, Fuquan, once. He said, Jim, you're an inch deep and you're a mile wide. He said, instead of doing that, he said, why don't you just go a few inches wide and try to go really deep with some things? So I took maybe six months. I put my podcast aside for six months. That's a long time. But now we're back and we're rolling on it. And I really like that in the in the live event both because you're, I know for a fact you're going to get the same feedback on your podcast. People will text you, email you, Facebook you, whatever it is. And they'll be like, I learned this, I implemented this, and I got X result out of it. And that's the passion that, that you and I both want to do. We want to make that impact for people mm -hmm. to sort of change that trajectory of some people's lives. Absolutely. Um, that's Absolutely. more important than all the money and other things that come along with real estate to me is like really helping other people. Yeah, it's the impact uh, effect that what we're doing right now at this moment creates. Yeah. Letting people who have no idea about real estate investing, you know, maybe they'll pick up something that we talked about during this session and be able to implement it. And like you said, we do get the emails, we do get the feedback from the people. So that gives me my feeling of importance actually to know that, you know, the impact that I have on somebody, you know, running new, even with the notes, I would yeah, free sessions and put stuff online for free for people to learn. And when I see people at events, they're like, oh man, I got into the business and learned this from all that free information. I was like, okay, keep doing it. So it's, it's the, um, the reciprocity that comes with it doing things without expectation, you know, right. as a person. So I definitely appreciate you. Know, the more you give, the more you receive. And if you help enough people get what they want, then I believe I'll have everything I need. And I'm really blessed. I'm, everything's good. And just um, just being able to help people is, is a huge blessing in my life, for sure. Where's the book? There you go. I've written two books. All but right, let's go. Been, but it's been a long time, and I'm not writing a third one. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work. I'm just finishing my third one now. It's a lot of work, and like you it said, is. they focus and not be all over the place. Mm -hmm. Focus if you want to deliver good content. So, um, you know, I got a few. Five years since I wrote my last book. Last it's a long book. time. I started writing a third one, and I didn't finish. 
Yeah, well, you know, if you feel like it, then it, it comes comes with it. <laughs> you know, your wife is your partner as well. She helps you out with a lot of stuff as well. So having, you know, the whole family involved with this real estate thing is important. It makes it easy because it's not really a nine to five. It's it's really something that happens all the time when a deal is there on a Sunday or whenever. You got to be ready to take it down and, and go after it. So what advice can you give someone who's new looking to get started in this space? Um, you know, people want to make money right away. But what advice can you give someone that's looking at you know, I think it's important you learn what a deal is, learn the basics, like what is a motivated seller? Um, how can I control property without owning it? And then, then how to make offers. And I would encourage people to get out there and make offers. If you're, if you're sort of teetering and you've never really done a deal, then challenge yourself. Um, in the next week, make five offers, make mm. seven offers. In the next month, make 30 offers. I'll guarantee if you make 30 offers in the next month, um, if they're even if they're really low, and you should be embarrassed to make your offer anyways, but one of those will get accepted, and all of a sudden you'll have your first deal. But you've got to really focus on on finding those motivated sellers. If you just set aside some time every day, like Juan, you get up at 3:30, but you know, say you're you're normal and you get up at six, <laughs> and you say, all right, before I even go to my W-2 job or whatever, from six to 6:30 or 5:30 to 6:30, I'm going to do nothing but look for a motivated seller. I'm going to try to make an offer every day. You will you will get an you will get something accepted and you'll have a deal with some equity in it. Oh, but I, I found a deal and I don't have the money, Jim. Like, how do I yeah. find money to fund the deal? Isn't that the beauty of real estate? It's this, this thing that I love. It's called leverage and your network. And as you know, your network becomes your net worth, but you don't need the money, especially if you're going to wholesale. And the very first wholesale deal I did, I went to closing and I went to the title company. I said, how much? I didn't understand. I'm like, how much money do I need to bring into closing? And they're like, what are you talking about, Jim? You don't need any money. Instead, I'm just going to give you a check when it's all over. And I'm like, oh, I didn't, nobody told me that piece. So I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, yes, you can wholesale, you can use other people's money, you can do burr, you know, buy, rehab, renovate, and refi. You can use private money, you can buy notes. There's so many things you can do. Yeah, but you have to be educated. You have to you'd be able to walk the walk if you're talking to talk, you know, because, you know, people who, are willing to fund your deals, but there's a private lender, hard money lender. They want to know you sure. understand your market inside out. You have the exit strategy. That's one of the first questions they ask. What's your exit strategy? Right. I'm going to get pay my money back. How is it secured? So they really have to understand that, you know, and I find that most people who get involved with real estate right. want to make money like tomorrow right away. But, you know, it's, um, it's, it's really something that takes a lot of time, effort and energy. And we just make it look easy because we have that experience because we've been doing it for so long. But I'm sure you still have challenges. We also have absolutely based with construction, rehab, sale. It's a daily challenge. All of the above. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> well, I definitely you know appreciate you coming on the show and, and adding value to it. It's another great episode of PFREI, a passion for real estate investing. Uh, we have Jim Ingersoll, uh, Real Estate Success Podcast. Go ahead and check that out, Jim. If you want to uh, give the information on the two books you wrote also. So is, are they on Amazon? They're both on Amazon. You just okay. Google my name, put my name in Amazon, you'll find them. But they're five years old. But they're, the second one in particular should still be very relevant. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of great content. I'm actually making a note now. <laughs> so actually, that's something I, I didn't know you actually had two books. So I got to go and I got to go look that up. Look myself. 
But I definitely appreciate you coming to the show and dropping the knowledge. <laughs> Thanks for all you do. You provide a lot of value to a lot of people. So thank you. No for problem, that. man. And I see that Instagram and Twitter. I'm trying to keep up with you on Twitter. I'm like, oh, man. So I'm just going deep on Instagram. This guy's on Twitter, Instagram, everything. Uh, hey, I don't I understand how this happened. I have 68,000 Twitter followers. <laughs> I don't have a clue how that happened. So we're all oh, man. All right, that's what's up. All right, Jim, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, man. Once again, another great episode of PFREI. I want to thank Jim Ingersoll for joining us on the show and sharing his experience in the real estate business with us. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow PFREI on Instagram and Twitter at A Passion for REI. Send us a DM with any questions that you have and we'll be happy to go over them on the show. Thank you everyone for listening and until next time, it's a great day.